Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. And this week we watched Can't Hardly Wait, which came out in 1998 and stars Ethan Embry and Jennifer Love Hewitt, as well as a truly insane supporting cast of characters. This movie should have been called, oh, that guy. <laughs> Oh, that guy that was in teen movies in the 90s. Sure, sure. Okay. Guys, we're together. We are together. Allison got on a COVID-infested plane to come help me with babies. I'm not exaggerating when I say a man lowered his mask and blew raspberries at a baby. Okay. What were your predictions for Can't Hardly Wait? So I couldn't actually remember if I'd ever seen Can't Hardly Wait. And now that I've watched it, I don't think I've ever seen it. But I've seen teen rom-coms, so I felt pretty confident that it wouldn't hold up. But this did better than I thought it would. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. There were definitely some... You had seen it. You loved this movie. I do, but I had not seen it in a very long time. Um... And there were some, definitely some issues. Issues. At one point, you guys, Carrie looked at me very early on in the movie and said out loud as if it was a normal sentence. I just love Seth Green. I and do. Quite, I don't know how to, I don't know. I don't think I can stay in this home anymore. I don't feel safe. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I enjoy Seth Green. I think he's funny. I think he's fun to watch. But I that's enjoy, not what you said. You I enjoy said. Seth Green in a movie. Curious husband paused the movie so that we could say, what? I just, okay, so like when I was like 15, I took a quiz in YM about like, who is your celebrity? Who should your celebrity crush be? Or like, maybe it was like, who should you, you should date a guy like XYZ celebrity? The second week in the row, we've talked about YM Young and Modern. And my answer was Seth Green. And so he's just always held a special place in my heart. I mean, okay. Yeah. Anyway, Carrie, explain what this movie is about. This movie is a classic teen rom-com setup. It is it is graduation day. And people want to get laid. There's a party. And shenanigans ensue. We have various, you know, high school social groups um coming to the party with various goals um with various goals it's the most like generic description of anything ever i mean like if you've seen if you've seen 16 candles 10 things i hate i mean all of the teen movies we've watched have at some point had a party. Yeah, and this movie takes place over the party. This entire yeah. movie is the party. This is, it has a very, like, super bad, book smart. This is a classic setup, is this, all I'm saying. I think it, I think you could safely say that super bad and book smart derived from a can hardly wait. Yes. I and mean, I super think... bad, definitely. The entire premise of super bad is let's get laid before we go to college, which is Seth Green's entire point of this movie. Right. And I think this movie derived very much from. I don't know, any number of John Hughes movies. This is, you know, this is very squarely in the tradition of teen party comedy. 
stars. Jennifer Love Hewitt, right between knowing what she did last summer and still knowing what she did mm-hmm. last summer. Yes, this is this is Jennifer Love Hewitt's peak. She is the it girl at this point. It's 1998. She, I, she's probably dating Carson Daly at this point. I mean, like they are the couple. Is she dating Carson Daly or is she dating LFO? She never really dated him. He just like had a thing for her, I'm pretty sure. But she dated Carson Daly. They were like in it. Well, then what it. point was Carson Daly dating Tara Reid? After Jennifer Love Hewitt. Do you just have this encyclopedia knowledge of like TRL hookups? I was like 13 at this point. I knew, I mean. Yes, it's very, and it stars uh, the bass player from That Thing You Do. That's all I know him from. No, he's also in Empire Records. And um, Family Vacation. And Grace and Frankie, Grace most and recently. Frankie. His yeah. real name is Ethan Embry, but he's the bass player to me. And like he's around. I feel like he shows up and stuff all the time. Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. Okay. So he is pi- he has pined for Jennifer Love Hewitt since freshman year of high school. Because and she's now, pretty. On graduation night, he is going to finally confess his love to her. I, I did like that his goal was to confess his love. His goal was not like, I'm going to nail her. And he's also waited. She has now broken up with her high school boyfriend, played by Peter Facinelli. And so he has waited till she's single. Peter Facinelli, the epitome of, oh, that guy. Right. Um, and we have a very, like, asshole jock versus nice, like, nerdy guy dichotomy in Peter, Peter Facinelli and Ethan Embry. Well, and also, like, so the nice jock has two friends. Three friends? Jerk jock. You said nice jock. He's not a nice jock. He's a jerk. Excuse me. The jerk jock. I don't like that alliteration. Peter Facinelli has three friends and one is white and one is Hispanic and one is black. Mm-hmm. Right. And We've then checked our diversity boxes. And then um, Jennifer Love Hewitt has two friends because the poor Hispanic guy doesn't get a girl. But one of them is white and one of them is black because we don't allow people in teen movies in the 90s to date outside their race. Right. Turk from Scrubs shows up. So does Breck and Meyer, who was in right. Clueless. Okay, so wait, I made a list of like, I, you can take this movie and you can make a teen, a 90s, early 2000s teen rom-com chart. And I started this when Selma Blair was there. Because Selma Blair and Sean Patrick Thomas are in this movie shortly before they go be in Cruel Intentions together. We also have Clueless connections because of uh, Donald, Donald Faison, Faison and, and Breck and Meyer. Um... That woman who's drunk in 10 Things I Hate About You. And she paints on her face. She's also, like, famous now. Oh, Clea Duvall. Clea Duvall is there. Um, uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, also from that movie based on a Britney Spears song with Adrian Grenier. Drive me crazy. Thank you. And then Nicole Bilderback, who was, like, in every teen movie in the 90s. She was um, Summer? Was that Summer and Clueless. Summer and Clueless. And I can't think of her name, but she was also in Bring It On. She, like, took over once Big Red left. And then she well, got into... Kirsten Dunst took over when Big Red left. Right. Um, excuse me. She and Kirsten Dunst were, like, rivals, right? Right. Yeah, she was, like, one of the bitchy cheerleaders. I can't tell if this movie is, like, referencing itself in how many other teen rom-coms it incorporates. Or if these are just, like, the it people of this era. I think these were just, like, the actors that were getting work at the time. And they just chalked it full of people in like kind of bit parts because with the exception of Jennifer Love Hewitt, Ethan Emery, Peter Facinelli, and 
Charlie Cosmo, who plays like the nerd kid who was the kid from Hook. I was gonna say nobody knows who Charlie Cosmo is. You have to say he was he's the kid he's from Robin Hook. Williams' kid from. Okay, so but with the exception of those four, nobody else has names. Those four have names. Oh, and then Seth Green and Lauren Ambrose have names. But everybody else is like jock number one, jock number two, kid who wants to have sex, like klepto kid. Like it's they're just describing their characters. Yeah. Yeah, I was like more interesting than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I don't know that this movie was necessarily like referencing other movies of the 90s, but I think it just kind of like knew what it was doing. It wasn't taking itself too seriously. It was like we're making a teen party movie full of teen party movie tropes and we're aware of it and so aware of it that we're going to name our characters based on those tropes yeah it was funny like cliches oh sarah rue which like where here's the other thing i need all of these people like where have they been in the last decade like with the exception of donald Faison, and ethan embry and ethan embry and jennifer love hewitt i'm sorry carrie and seth green Name one thing Seth Green has done since divorcing Drew Barrymore. Name one thing that Jennifer Love Hewitt has done that isn't on network television. I can't name anything Jennifer Love Hewitt has done that's not been on network television. I guess, like, but she's probably very rich from that. I, like, yeah. Let's go judge. Also, Seth Green wasn't married to Drew Barrymore. You're thinking of Tom Green. That's like, an entirely different person. How old were you when you realized that Seth Green and Tom Green were different people? I was today years old. <laughs> I've known it. Wait, then what is Tom Green? He's he was that like obnoxious comedian. That Wait, sang I can picture I cannot that... picture them, but like, what did he do? He was an obnoxious comedian who sang that like "My Butt Is on Your Whatever" song. Kind of a Dane Cook or a Cristalia pre Dane Cook. Now I'm not suggesting he dates children, as both Dane Cook and Cristalia do allegedly. Please don't sue us. Allegedly. Yeah, but I don't even think, like, that brand of comedy is the same. Like, he, I don't, was Tom Green a stand-up? I don't, I just think he did, like, like. I don't he, even know that like Tom he walked Green was in, different than Seth Green, so why do you think I know what like it is? Like, he walked into a room and was, like, poop, and everyone went wild. Like, that was kind of his thing. I miss the comedy of the late 90s. I'm just saying. Anyway, I'm going to take a minute <laughs> revel on the fact that Tom Green and Seth Green are different people. Then who did Seth Green date? Other than you when you were a child. I don't know that he dated anyone. Maybe Allison Hannigan, but maybe that was just on Buffy. Lauren Ambrose's hair is very 1998. Like, it's very, it's a very, like, Everything short, about this movie is very 1998. It's very, like, short and layered. And then everyone has bright blue nail polish. Like, that hard, remember Hard Candy? The yes. nail polish brand? They're all wearing Hard Candy nail polish. Yes. There were, I mean, the fashion, I, like, as soon as this movie opened, I was suddenly, like, back in junior high. Yeah. This movie definitely, so, like, in terms of holding up, this movie definitely falls into, like, and we um, touched on this, but it falls into, like, the diversity trap of, like, every 90s teen movie. Yeah, like we have a There's single, a lot of tokenism. There's a lot of tokenism. We have, like, a single black character, or in this case, like, a single black couple that actually has lines. And then there's lots of, like, extras that are people of color. Or have, like, a single line here or there. But we're not fully flushing out anybody. Um, no, none of the main, if we're, like, the main six characters, I guess. Jennifer Love Hewitt, Peter Fetchinelli, Ethan Embry, 
Lauren Ambrose and Seth Green. So I guess five. Yeah. All white. All white. Super white. And with no, like, absolutely no reason they needed to be all white. Like. No. Yeah. You could have made those characters. Any number of any those characters race. could have been any race under the sun. But. um, And particularly, like, the Tamala Jones character. I mean, she's barely a character. She's, like, one of the cool girls. But. Yeah. I can't think of a line she says. No. No, there's nothing like iconic about her character in the way that like, you know, the Gabrielle Union character in 10 Things I Hate About You has some or iconic she's moments. All yeah. But I do feel like one thing I kind of noted about this movie that like this movie brought it to the floor is I feel like in in all the movies we just named, there's like the black cool girl and with the exception of Clueless, um they're either they fall into this trope of either being super bitchy or very wise and tamala jones fell into the wise like she gave i that her i think her one like line of more than a couple words was giving jennifer love hewitt like pretty decent advice yeah clueless is the only like teen rom-com from this era or maybe even full stop that i can think of where a, a black character is like her own unique character right and yes, like they're like she and Donald Faison are like a the black couple of Clueless, but they're full interesting people, right? And they have a whole separate storyline right. that is interesting and flushed out. I mean, this movie they don't even try to make the characters of color anything but plot devices. They are literally there to like provide some expo- exposition for the white characters, or like run up and ask a question, or right. like run up and be like. That again, that like further the plot along for the for the white people in this movie. And then like there there's a joke. There's a running joke about Seth Green's and his friends um, essentially appropriating hip hop culture and black culture. Oh, yeah, his whole character is. And then and like one of his friends at one point like says the N word to runs a group up of black to a group of black people. And it's a joke. I mean, like he's supposed to look like an idiot. You know, we've talked about the point of view of a, a movie like he's supposed to be an idiot. We're supposed to think he's an idiot. But this movie didn't really earn that joke in any way because it's not done well by its black characters. Right. And that there's like a group of black people standing around and one of Seth Gaines friend runs up and says, I think he says my N word. Yeah. And then they all walk away. So, yes, like, we're... There's, there's like, like, a record, record scratch. scratch. Right. And so, like, we're acknowledging, like, you're not supposed to do that. But those black people he walks up to have no line. Like, they have no consequence other than to be like, look at this racist kid. And that kid, as a, he's not fleshed out at all, but he's more fleshed out than any black person in this movie. Like... It, right. And also, no one's, like, punching him in the face like he would deserve. It's just sort of like, ugh, what an idiot. And it's like, no, I think even in 1998, like, we knew saying the N-word was not yes. just a, what an idiot like someone should have socked that kid <laughs> right that joke felt out of place it felt kind of eh. and it's not like i mean there is at one point where lauren ambrose says to seth green like you're white stop she doesn't say like appropriating hip-hop culture or appropriating black culture but like she calls him out on it but then like still has sex with him and and it's still like his story there's mm-hmm. no we're talking about we're like sort of touching on an area near racism, but we're not actually delving deep into it in any way. And we're not letting any black people speak for themselves or have any thoughts or point of view. No. So it's like a very like white take on racism. Yeah. This is also a movie 
this is a very um, male-centric movie. A lot of this movie is, like, we talk about Jennifer Love Hewitt from the perspective of different men. You paused it. She did not speak until 35 minutes into this movie. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, we, like, the whole setup of this movie is that Ethan Embry is in love with Jennifer Love Hewitt and has been since, you know, October of freshman year of high school and he's going to finally tell her. But we don't actually get any indication of who she is other than how men view her. We get introduced to her through Ethan Embry and through Peter Facinelli and their takes on her. We don't get any indication of her until 40 minutes in. And then even then, like, she's very much... She doesn't have very much personality. There's nothing no. about her where we're like, oh, this is why he loves her. Right. It, she's just... She's be- beautiful. She's beautiful high school girl. Right. And they both eat a strawberry Pop-Tart in homeroom. They have the same favorite breakfast pastry. Right. Which is, I mean, how you pick your partner, honestly. Yeah, there's just... They all love her because she's beautiful. Right. But there's never... Even, like, at one point... The man who I've only ever seen on ER shows up and is her cousin and it tries to make out with her. Right. And, like, all these men are attracted to her, but we don't ever know. It would be one thing. And she sort of does this at the end of the movie where she's like, you just, I'm a piece of meat, you all. I'm single for five minutes and everyone wants to talk to me and make out with me because I'm hot. But I have more, there's more to me than that. And it's like, I believe you, but this movie doesn't tell us what that is. Right. Well, and so she has that scene where she's like, everyone's hitting on me. And then she also at one point says to her girlfriends, like, you know, I don't think anyone knows me as anything but Mike's girlfriend. I don't think I know me as anything as my, but Mike's girlfriend. But then, spoiler alert, the end of this movie is that she ends up dating Ethan Embry. Like, her whole thing is like, you're treating me like a piece of meat. I have more to my personality. I don't really know who I am outside of Mike. And then she immediately starts dating somebody else. Yes, she's just a, she's like, she is not a well-defined character. And yes, this movie is a lot of tropes and a lot of, I don't know that anyone has like a deep personality, but she's done the dirtiest. Yeah, we get more, we get much more about the men than we do about the women. And this movie absolutely does not pass the backstop. No, the other woman in this is Lauren Ambrose, who's like Ethan Embry's best friend. And she's just like wears black and has short hair and is grumpy. Right. And is contrarian. Has sex with Seth Green. I did appreciate that she and Ethan Embry, like, I thought when we started watching this movie, I was like, oh, it's going to be like she's in love with him and he's never noticed her. And I did appreciate that their relationship, there's some comment about how they, like, dated in seventh grade. But other than that, their relationship is entirely platonic. Yes. She is his best friend and there's no, like, love triangle between them. And I don't think you see heterosexual man-woman best friendships right. super often in movies. Um, and I liked I liked that, that it, there was never a twist of like, is she going to be like, I love you, pick me. And right. she's going to be like, no, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah. You know, it's not a 90s team rom-com if we're not throwing the homophobic F-word around like a lot. A lot. Well, and then there's the whole thing about how the nerds are going to set Mike, who's the Peter Facinelli, like, asshole jock character up to make it look like he's engaged in, like, kinky gay sex and how embarrassing that is. And they do it. Right. And then, like, 
the like at the end in the you know epilogue or whatever it's the like embarrassing polaroids of him surfaced years later and he lost his job or something like that um yeah his there's a lot the homophobia is is there's a lot of it in this movie yeah yeah Yeah, this movie's uh homophobic i mean across the board it's just not doing anything super progressive um which I think is really, I mean, I think if we look back on the 90s teen movies we watched, that is not that's unusual. The com- that's the common trend. Common thread, homophobia. yeah. Yeah, we were, re- well, I mean, like the 90, the late 90s and the early 2000s are the, are the years of That's So Gay. Oh, true. Yeah. You know? Um, one scene that, on like a lighter note, didn't hold up was near the end, she's like tossing all her pictures of Mike and I was like, nowadays you wouldn't have those pictures of him around your room. You'd just be like deleting them from your phone. But remember when pictures, like you don't think kids still stick pictures like around their mirrors like no. we did? I guarantee you they do not. Kids are not printing pictures out. They're not like going to Walgreens to like print some photos. They're all on their phone. Well, that's, that's to sad. the extent they keep photos because a lot of them they're like, you know, Snapchatting and deleting. What did you like about this movie? Any anything no i liked this movie i i don't think i have the nostalgia for it that i do for other team rom teen rom-coms um but the characters were fun it was funny like i said like they're the like self-awareness of it, the sort of ridiculous of it i enjoy i liked this was a very small part of the movie but breckenmeyer and turk that's not his name breckenmeyer and donald Faison are like in a band together and they're very funny together like and maybe this is just because and like over the course of the movie the band like is gonna play together breaks together breaks up gets back together and then decides to do like a reunion tour like that whole bit is very funny. it's very funny and it's very like it's very high school as a girl who dated a boy in a band in high school it's like very yes correct um and they're very funny together and maybe it's just because i'm love clueless and so i'm used to watching them in clueless but you can feel that they were having fun together. Yeah. Um, I want, like, where's Brecken Meyer? I want Brecken Meyer to have a career. I love, like, I think the bass players, Ethan Embry's character is very endearing. He's sweet and charming. Yes. You want him to get the girl in the end. You want the girl to have more personality, but you want him to win. Um, I liked that he was going off to a writing workshop where he was going to meet Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah, that character was... Um, and I think that has a lot to do with Ethan Embry. I really like Ethan Embry as an actor. He's very appealing. He always plays sort of likable, affable. He never sort of plays like the romantic guys. lead, though, which was fun to see him as a romantic lead. Yeah. yeah. But even as the romantic lead, he's still playing like quiet, affable guy. You know, that is his bread and butter. I've never seen him as anything else. Um but it works for him and he and he's and it works very well in this movie i also i do you know i we've talked about there are lots of issues with the seth green character and but i do like the storyline between seth green and lauren ambrose it's a very sort of sweet high school sex storyline you know where they're they were friends and then they weren't and now they're each other's first although maybe she's not a virgin i can't remember he says something like you've done it like one and a half times which i also like they they have sex and it's like not good like 
Yeah. I think that is often something that is not well portrayed in movies about losing your virginity is like, it's not good. Yeah. And I guess like now that I'm thinking about movies where you lose your virginity, like it is. I just. It was well done. Like, I again, and I think it has a lot to do with those actors. You know, I think it was it ends up being a sweet scene um, or a sweet storyline. And and they're both very good in yeah. that storyline. Yeah, I think you said this. This movie doesn't take itself super seriously. It's yeah. not. It's not trying to say anything groundbreaking. It's not. It's. It's just fun. Mm-hmm. And you want, you know, the couples to get what they want. It. You know. Yeah. Jennifer Love Hewitt and Ethan Embry. We are told in the epilogue are still together to this day, which is like sweet and unlikely. But like, you're not watching this movie and thinking that Lauren Ambrose and Seth Green like made it. Like they had sex yeah. through the summer and then went on and lived their lives. Um, and I just, you know, I do have some nostalgia for this movie, but I also just have nostalgia for the late nineties. And so they're, they're, you know, the soundtrack is fun. The soundtrack is great. The The soundtrack's great. There was a moment where we were like, who sings this song? And literally cycled through Jewel, Alanis Morissette, and No Doubt before we finally got to like who actually sang that song. It was the Bare Naked Ladies. No, no, it was No Doubt. It was Don't Speak by No Doubt. Um, so like the soundtrack is, is really good. Um... And, and it's fun to sort of watch this movie and be like, oh, yeah, that actor from that thing I loved when I was in junior high. It's also um, fun to watch movies like this and have the that guy be people that went on to be very famous. Like Selma Blair. You blink and you miss Selma Blair. But like she and Jason Segel, you blink yes. and you miss him. Another one was Marisol Nichols, who's now on um, Riverdale. Riverdale as Veronica Lodge's mother. That was the other thing is like all of these people are now playing parents of teenagers in the things that they show up yeah in. i recently just watched the first season of Riverdale, and i was like all the parents were teen i felt very old that i was like i'm still so attracted to luke perry god rest his soul and skeet Ulrich, but i'm attracted to them because they were heartthrobs when i was very small i was gonna say every the thing about riverdale is that every single actor that plays one of the parents was like a teen icon yeah. when we were younger I did notice, and I think this is true of a lot of white teen movies, is the cops come and break it up. And I thought, the cops coming and breaking up a party is feels like a very white story and that the cops come and break it up and yes. nobody worries about. I mean, and even like, it's something reflecting on in our own lives. It's like when you were in high school and college and cops would come and break up parties, none of us were ever like, oh, fuck, we're going to. We were like, oh, fuck, we're going to get in trouble. With our parents. We're not going to go to jail. We're not going to get in trouble with the law. We're not going to, like, our lives are not at risk here. Right. And it's just one of those things where now, it's the John Mulaney joke of the cops coming to break up a party. And we know this because we're from Chicago. John Mulaney went to a big, like, wealthy kid high school. And the cops come and break it up. And it's a bunch of white children chanting, fucked police. It's like, oh, that would be different if you weren't a bunch of white Catholic school kids. (laughs) Right. Right. Oh, we get a Jenna Elfman cameo. That's very funny. Yep, Jenna Elfman. A rom-com and Scientology classic. Yeah, that's a bummer. But she was she's great in this. Um, oh, there's a piano. So, like, there's a Peter Facinelli and the kid from Hook. Who is now a Republican lawyer. Not an actor. Republican lawyer. So he's essentially... Ugh, he's what he feared the most. He's Robin Williams' character in, in Hook. Hook. So what he needs to do... That. The irony. He's got to go back to Neverland. He's got to go back to Neverland. He's got to go visit Maggie Smith. Yeah. 
and he's got to go. And some cute little kid has to grab his face and say, oh, there you are, Peter. <laughs> um, anyway, so there's a scene where, like, Peter Facinelli, the cool guy, and the kid from Hook, who's the nerd, are, like, bonding. And it's, like, ve- like even the way it's shot. They're, I think they're, like, sitting at the piano. But it reminds me of the scene in Sixteen Candles where Jake Ryan is making the geek or the geek is making Jake Ryan like a cocktail, Mm. except the thing that this movie does far better than 16 Candles is they're not discussing how to rape a woman. And neither of them then go rape a woman. Yeah, we actually got through this entire movie without any underlying, like, rape jokes. Uh, That's what, that's, so I thought, I was like, this isn't going to hold up, there's going to be some, it's a high school party, there's going to be date rape jokes, and there wasn't. At one point I thought there was, and Carrie's husband, who apparently is a big fan of this movie, was like, take it back, it's not. And he was right, it's like, the cops come and they try and wake Jamie Priestley. We haven't even scratched the surface of the insane <laughs> guest, like supporting cast of this movie. But I like I had been like looking down or something, and I looked up and I looked. I thought he was like trying to have sex with her and then running out. He was just trying to wake her, wake her. so that they'd get out of the place. Now he does leave her in the in the right. house. Yeah. yeah, but he doesn't try and assault her. No. No, we get through this entire movie with no date rape. I mean, the bar is on the floor that we're like, congratulations, movie. You didn't <laughs> rape anyone. Yeah. But the bar the is, like, floor. buried. The bar's buried. You can't see the bar. But. But I appreciate that in yeah. a 90s teen rom-com. Yeah. I mean, I would revisit this movie from time to time. Not with any frequency. But, like, occasionally I'd be like. What do you want to watch on a Saturday afternoon? Can't hardly wait. Yeah, if it great. like if I still had cable and I was flipping through channels and it was on TBS, I'd be yeah. like, Yeah, I'll watch this. I'll stop. For, for sure. sure. And you can watch like you can watch it in chunks and not really miss anything. No. <laughs> no. There's not like surprising twists that you need to make sure you get. It, this is not Zodiac. Right. I guess there's not a ton of surprising twists in Zodiac because it's just a true story we all know, but you know what I mean? It's not. Yeah. Been lost. Um, I really don't have much else to say about this movie. Yeah, it's it great, enjoyable. fun, fun soundtrack, fun cast. It's doing some, doing some not so great stuff with um, homosexuality, women, and black people. But and there's some cultural appropriation. Yeah, and again, like the interesting thing about like we sort of, maybe we don't need to go. The interesting thing about the cultural appropriation is that it's called out. Like it's not. The movie's point of view on it is good. It's just that the movie doesn't do anything else to. Right. It, it doesn't, doesn't talk like, about blood. Further. Yeah. Like Seth yeah. Green's hair has like tiny little baby braids that like he's clearly tried and failed to do cornrows. And that's like a funny thing about that character. But also we're not necessarily digging deep into the damage right. of, you know, a white person culturally appropriating. Right. right. So no, bring it on. <laughs> Well, you know what we don't have? Gabrielle Union. What are we watching next week? Gabrielle motherfucking Union. Are we? What are we watching next week? Yes, next week we're watching Deliver Us from Eva, which I'm not sure. This is another one where, like, I'm not sure I've ever seen or, like, if I did, I was channel surfing and came across it. Mm -hmm. But, well, so I think that, and we can talk about this next week. I don't think I've ever seen this movie, and I think a lot of that has to do with my whiteness. And the fact that I consume what is, like, put in front of me as a white person. 
which is not necessarily this movie. Okay, it's Gabrielle Union and LL Cool J, so I would remember that. <laughs> I think that, yes, when, um, no, I mean, I think we as children, we watched the things we were given, and we as teenagers and then adults watched the things we were given, and we are, as everyone should be, attempting to diversify our media diet. Mm-hmm. And so looking into some rom-coms that we didn't seek out as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think it'll be, and I also like, because I think Gabrielle Union, in part- I think this is a good one to start that with, because I think Gabrielle Union is such a like iconic rom-com and particularly teen rom-com figure that it's high time she has her own goddamn movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, she's been playing the sidekick for far too long. At the, I mean, she was playing the sidekick for At the point that this movie, that yeah. Delivers from Eva, came out in 2003. I don't know. I'm excited. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod. You can find us on Twitter at hold underscore up underscore podcast. And you can find us on Facebook at Rocket Women. Uh, tell us what you thought of Can't Hardly Wait. Tell us if you have any movies you think we should do. Um, thank you for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.